Hello and welcome to Fitness Flow Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Pinson, and we're going to dive into how to flow with your fitness in a way to honor your hormones, your mind, your body, and create a lifestyle that will last you forever. Let's get into it. What is up, you guys, and welcome to the Fitness Flow Podcast. I am your host, Sam Carlson, and we're going to be diving into women's health today and talking more about why this podcast, what's going on, what you can learn, what you can expect to hear going forward. And I'm just so excited to dive into it. So I thought it'd be great just to give a little bit of background about me and my coaching. Um, So I am as of time of this recording, 32 years old. Um, I used to work in corporate. So I worked in the financial services industry for six years out of college until my late 20s. Then I got into fitness um, when I was 28 and started doing group fitness. And then I did personal training. Um, and then I started my online coaching business because I wanted to see holistically everyone's like what, you know, everyone's, someone's life from inside out. Right. Cause really, I really started to see how an hour with a personal trainer just wasn't enough. Right. I wanted to be able to see how many steps someone was getting, how much food someone was eating. And during this time, I pretty much always worked with women. I have worked with a few men in my time, but, um, I just find that I relate obviously better to women as a woman myself. Um, and yeah, so I've been doing my Ginger Snap Fitness is my coaching business online. And I've been doing that for almost three years now, March of 2021 will be, um, three years. So very exciting there. Um, and I started doing kind of just the quote unquote typical coaching of nutrition and workouts and realized that, you know, something wasn't sticking, you know, and I was like, why in general do we always hear about women, whether it's my clients, people, friends, family, myself, um, just being able to have those times where you're really on point and sticking to things and then feel like you go off and then you kind of start in that cycle again. And that could be a different amount of time for everyone. And I was really starting to see that um, time and time and time again, specifically with my clients and the type of coach I am, I just started to be like, what else can I do? What else can I do to help my clients? Right. And, um, I started reading into women's hormones, um, and started reading into our, our biological clock versus men's biological clock. And that's when I really started getting into kind of the whole topic of hormones. And I'm obviously always going to say that I'm not a doctor. I have consulted with a doctor for my coaching programs. Um, and I have had a doctor talk speak to my clients in our like group in a group setting. Um, but I just think that with this tight tight topic, women's health, I think we can, there's really so many extremes to it. Like we can go so extreme that people are like, you know, go off every medication, go off birth control, don't eat these foods during this time. And it's very strict. And to me, I just, I don't really see how you can make a real life that way. Um, so everything I'm going to be talking about is always going to be in a very, very realistic way from my personal experience. Um, and I'll be bringing in, I'd love to bring in some other people as well that I I know that I've worked with that are in the health space, but also the mindset space. So we're definitely not only going to be talking about hormones. I think to me, fitness flow means women learning how to flow with their fitness in their whole life. It doesn't just mean periods. You know what I mean? Like it's like flowing, just in an effortless way, like the ocean, how it just flows, like just absolutely flowing with our own fitness and our own health and understanding our bodies and our mindset and everything in a way that we can understand why things change for us because we don't have the same exact hormone levels. We don't have the same exact energy, desires, needs, wants, everything, every single day. Um, and just understanding them back and understand that more and just having that conversation and bringing awareness to that space. So 
I'll be talking about a lot about that. I'll be bringing people on here to give input on that, even some fun, cool stuff like maybe human design, energy. I am also um, finalizing my NLP certification. Um, so really just fitness flow to me means women flowing with their fitness. <laughs> um, just seamlessly in creating a lifestyle rather than just focusing on how we can lose body fat and, you know, kind of treating our bodies like something that needs to be changed or a problem, but really just finding ways to honor our bodies, to honor our mindset, because it is all cohesive in one. We can't treat mindset different than our body, right? Mind, body, skin, it's such a such a deep connection, right? If you get nervous, that's your mind. You'll feel nervous. Maybe you'll feel it in your chest or you'll feel it in your stomach, and then maybe your face will get flushed. Like It's all connected, and I think we need to stop talking about how things are so separate. So in general, that's a little bit about my history and kind of where I see this podcast going. Um, and I just really want to have really real conversations about women and health and all that. So with that said, if you ever want to hear a certain topic or anything like that, um, or have a question that you'd like answered or to be talked about, feel free to put in the comments beneath. Um, and we'll definitely bring that in too. So yeah. So fitness flow episode one, man, Sam Carlson here. That's a little bit about me. Um, and I just wanted to talk about, uh, generally about kind of just our biological clock, like I mentioned and, and you know, how it differs from men really. Um, so men specifically have a 24 hour clock, like their hormones change every 24 hours, right? We go through about a 28 day hormonal clock, right? So that could be 30 days. It could be a little less than that. Everyone's a little bit different, but in general, we go through a much longer clock than men, right? So if you've seen men that can just really get on a routine, and I'm not saying it's all men or anything like that, just like hormonally, um, it's just what's been kind of shown that men's hormones go through like a 24 hour clock, like how we go through like a 28 day clock. Um, it's much, they wake up each morning, like renewed. I basically see it as like, they wake up each morning, like they just had their period. <laughs> right. Like they already went through the whole cycle and now they're new. <laughs> um, so I think for me, to me, what that means is that it would be, you know, easier or not easier, but it would make more sense. It would make more sense for a man to be able to stick to some type of routine that's like daily or weekly, right? Like every day they get up and do this or every Monday they get up and do this. Every Tuesday they get up and do this. Every Wednesday's cardio, every Thursday's legs, every, you know what I mean? Um, and I think that we have been trying, we being women have been trying to build our lifestyles in accordance with that. And then being like, why can I not stick to this? Like, why can't I just do Monday's back, Wednesday's legs, Friday's chest? I don't know. I just made that up. Tuesday's cardio. Like, why can't we just do that? Why can't we just like always eat the same thing all the time? Um, or also we, we try to fight through what our body is trying to tell us. And we try to stick so hard to that routine that then our, we start to revolt against it. And then we get to like, well, I can't stick to anything. Then we beat ourselves up about that. So because we have a different clock, you know, it would make sense that we don't necessarily have the same type of schedule and the same type of plan as a man. And there's nothing wrong with that. And that's not to say, oh, women are weaker or like our periods are our handicap or like anything like that. It's just to really honestly honor our bodies. Like, you know, let's think about the reverse. If men had a 28 day clock and women had a 24 hour clock, 
um, and we were trying to do a 28 day cycle, we would probably have a challenge sticking to that, right? Same thing. So um, I think it's just being aware of our body's needs and wants and um, honoring that. And I think that's huge. So once I really started reading into like the biological clock, I was like, oh my God, this makes so much sense, right? And just just think like, how many times have you tried to push through like your menstrual cycle and like not anything bad, right? And then maybe like you make it for a month and then the next month you're like really craving chocolate. Next thing you know, you just go ham and like just eat like a whole box of chocolate or something, you know, like, um, or, you know, also how many times have you just like been really tired during your period and been like, man, like I really, I'm so tired, but I'm still going to go to the gym and show up. And you, you do like a really intense workout and you just feel like absolutely exhausted after. And then you maybe drink a caffeine or two, uh, situation. Right. So, um, you know, I think we've been trying to push through these things for so long that it's affecting us long-term. And then it's also causing our energy dips. It's also causing like, you know, I also personally believe it's, it's partially what's causing all these autoimmune issues that are happening. I personally have ex- personal experience with adrenal fatigue and, um, having some periods of my time of being very, very tired and exhausted. And my cortisol levels were all off. And, um, I, that was cause I was trying to push through, um, push through my period, right? I push through my hormone cycle and just try to treat every day the same, but every day is not the same for us. And I just think that if we honored that, like how beautiful could that be for us to really honor our body? And like, imagine just the power we could have, like, cause you could even use this in your work, right? Like, obviously we can't create the perfect schedule, but if you know that like you do really well during your ovulation phase, right? And I'm going to go into more detail about kind of why all these things, but I just wanted to kind of conceptualize some things, get some ideas out there and just kind of talk about kind of my vision about it all. So like, imagine just all women, like we knew that ovulation time was our best time to socialize and do meetings, right? Think about it. Our bodies, we want to typically be around people more when we're ovulating. Makes sense, right? Because that's like mother nature or our hormones or whatever telling us be around humans, aka like get pregnant. right? It makes more sense. Versus usually during our menstruation phase, we really don't want to be around people as much. Obviously that, you know, that varies if you're like more of an extrovert and introvert and all those things are other variants. So many variants that can go into this. Um, but, um, if we all knew like, man, you know, I could, I'm going to like make all my big meetings during my ovulation week. How cool would that be? Right. Or like, you know, um, I'm going to always, um, I don't know, like get my more vague, my just kind of like admin tasks done during my period or something like that. Like, cause you know that you're kind of want to be more introverted at that time. Your energy is probably going to be lower. You're probably not going to have as much time, um, as much energy to like, um, to present or something compared to your ovulation phase, right? For example. Um, so I just think it'd be so cool if we really honored this to just really tap into our potential and just give ourselves like the best energy, the best, just understanding of ourselves, I just think would be so freaking cool. So speaking of that, I'd love to just kind of talk very high level about the different phases of your cycle. I, I, I kind of talk about them a little bit differently and I'll talk about that. Um, so that we can have that knowledge going forward when you listen to episodes as we go. 
Um, so I'm just going to talk about the different phases, talk about them a little bit, talk about what we experienced during them. And as always, I'm just going to say this like every time I'm obviously not a doctor and I'm not going to give any kind of advice around what you should do specifically for, you know, a specific person or anything like that. I will give my own personal experience, um, and information that I've read or found or discussed with like the doctor that I've consulted for my coaching program. So we have, I see it as five phases within our men's, our, our womanly 28 day cycle, right? Our hormone cycle to be called hormone cycle going forward. Right. Um, and I really see it to be a little bit different than what a lot of people, doctors. And so usually say the beginning of your cycle is really the first day of your period. For me, it's just really easier to see it as like your period's over. That's the end. We start now. So that's, that's how I see it. So the first phase is the follicular phase, which is right after your period. So that's like the first phase of your cycle, right? So that's right after your period. That's before ovulation, right? So during that time, we tend to have like a little bit more energy and then our body temperature actually increases during that time. So this is a really good time to um, have like a lot of cooling foods, like whether it's a smoothie or lots of fruit. If you are someone that likes to mix in plant-based, this would be a great time to use plant-based um, like foods and kind of eat more plant-based, just think lower temperature foods, um, even like poached or steamed versus like baked, you know, just something that's like just a little bit more on the cooling side nutritionally. Um, and also it's a time that our body actually doesn't really need the, as many calories. So our meta metabolic rate does change throughout our cycle. And during our follicular phase, we usually don't need as many calories as during our menstruation phase, which is the phase right before, right? Which would be the last phase that I'll talk about. So that's also a great time to get some cardio in. Like it'd be a good time to get some kind of steady state cardio in. Um, and then also a good time to get some weightlifting in. Of course, always, I always say do a balanced workout program with some cardio and strength training, but it's a great time to do strength training, kind of, you know, medium weight, um, medium to high weights, not PRing or anything like that, doing like good medium volume, medium to high volume. Um, and you could really work on like doing a quicker tempo during this time. That'd be a really good um, workout program to do during the follicular phase. I would say like three lift days, maybe sets of like eight to 12, something like that. Um, seven to 13, somewhere in that range, um, a good like medium to challenging weight. So maybe anywhere between like 50 to 75%, maybe 80% maximum, um, as far as the amount of weight that you're lifting. And then same thing with your efforts. That's probably be a good time to do like kind of more steady state cardio. And yeah, something like a spin class would be, would be great too, but maybe not going too, too hard, um, during that. So that would be a great thing to do workout wise. And then nutrition wise, I mentioned cooling foods. It's a great time for cooling foods. And, um, this would be a great time to be in a calorie deficit and to be in a cut in general. Um, so a cut and a calorie deficit just means that you're consuming less calories than you're burning. Um, so you can look up your base metabolic rate. You can look up your mat or maintenance calories. You can always look that up online. You obviously always take that with a grain of salt, um, or you can even use like a MyFitnessPal or something like that. But um, you know, you can always just look that up and calculate yourself. Um, you never want to really eat beneath your BMR, um, but you want to be in a calorie deficit that would be beneath your maintenance calories, basically. Um, so just say for easy number purposes, your maintenance calorie was 2000 calories, you know, and you want to be in a cut 1500 calories would be a good place to be there in that number experience example, um, depending on a lot of factors, but yeah, that would be a 500 calorie deficit would be a great place to be during that phase. 
So that's a follicular phase, which I see to be phase one. Um, and then the next phase is ovulation phase. So ovulation, you know, that's when you're ovulating. And like I mentioned earlier, it's a time where we really want to be around humans more. We tend to want to be more social. And on top of that, um, we do tend to have more energy during, during that time. Makes sense, right? We have more energy to socialize more and to go out and everything. So we have more energy during those times. Um, and because of that, we actually, it's a great time to do more like hit type workouts. It's a really great time to lift heavy. I mean, this is a time that you can really work on your PRs, like really try to like up the weight. Do like, I'm talking like three to five set, uh, reps in your sets, maybe like a five of five sets of five, something like that. Or really trying to get to like your three rep max or your one rep max, um, with your, with your lifts, like big lifts. I'm talking deadlifts, squats, rows, press, that shoulder press, chest press, um, really good time to do some really heavy work there and then mix in a little bit of hit. So I would say maybe three days of really heavy lifting, um, maybe a good juicy hit workout. Um, and then you could probably handle like another day of like maybe a spin class or something like that. Um, during your ovulation phase, right? So this is what I'm saying in general is that we can change our program and our schedule along with each phase of our cycle, right? And that, what, how cool would that be? So instead of trying to make every week look the same, you can make every ovulation week look the same, you know? So how freaking cool would that be? So um, that's a great time to do all that. And then as far as your calories are concerned, also a good time to be in a decent, um, calorie deficit, you could be in about the same calorie deficit, but maybe start to up your calories a little bit more since you are doing more intense workouts. So I would bring back in some good, you know, juicy carbs. I love the word juicy. I don't know what a juicy carb is, but well, it would be fruit. <laughs> That's juicy carb. Um, bring in some oats, um, bring in, um, you know, it'd be a great time if you love pasta, have a nice pasta or like a or chickpea pasta or one of those bonza pastas would be so good. Mm, sounds delicious. Um, so it'd be a great time to do um, a little bit more calories there. So if in that 1500 calorie example, maybe you go up to like 1800 calories, something like that um, during that phase. And it's a time for some really great, um, really great, strong and hefty workouts for sure during that phase. Then from there, the next phase, which I would call like phase three is your Latul phase, but the first part of your Latul phase. And this is why I say there's five phases versus four, because there's two parts to your Latul phase and our bodies need much different things between those two parts. So the first part of your Latul phase, you can treat very, very similarly to your ovulation phase. And I'll talk more about kind of how to identify these later on, but um, your Latul phase is pretty similar to your ovulation phase, right? And your ovulation phase could be three days, five days, six days, seven days. It could be a different, you know, it's different for everyone. Um, so I'll talk more about kind of, again, how to identify those down the line, but you know, you can definitely still do those more intense workouts, definitely still have like a decent amount of calories. Um, but you would kind of want to start to, to bring it back. And I just think it's easy to kind of say like you have a week of kind of that more intense work. Um, and then after that, you could just bring it down a notch, right? So if you're PRing and you're going for that one rep max, three rep, three rep really strong sets or five sets of five during your ovulation phase, in your first part of your follicular phase, you could really do more of like, 80%, 90%, you know, so still really, really good effort, but not necessarily maxing it out. Um, and, you know, hit would still be good. Some studies on cardio would be good during that time too. And like I mentioned, as far as um, your calories, you could be about the same during that phase, but here's where things get a little trickier. Um, so the second part of your, the, the tool phase, so the tool phase part two, which I would call 
phase four, <laughs> um, that is when essentially you think PMS, right? That's before menstruation. That's when a lot of things start to change. So our our body temperature starts to drop. And during our menstruation phase, our body temperature is actually lowest. So the phase right before that makes sense. It's like getting there. Um, and our caloric needs start to go up. So this would be a good time to, if you were at the 1800 calories, you could maybe stay there because you would also do less intense workouts. Um, but you can even go up a little bit so you could, you know, maybe get start bringing it to maintenance. And, um, I'll talk more about maintenance in the next phase, but definitely would want to start bringing down the intensity of your workouts during the second part of your tool phase. So, um, instead of being 80, 90%, come back down to about the follicular phase and you're between like 50 to 70%, something like that in as far as effort in like the weight that you lift. And then if you do, you know, cardio, I would do much lighter cardio steady state, or maybe like a walk jog, something like that. Um, and listen, if you're someone that loves spin, definitely still do spin, but instead of doing three classes that week, just do one. Right. And then do like a, a really great walk on the other day. You know, that would be really, really great. So I would say maybe, I always recommend about three days of lifting. So like three days of lifting, maybe two, if your energy is lower, because we all, we all have different effects from these phases. So you could be someone that has less energy during this phase than someone else. So maybe two to three lifts. And then maybe like, for that example, if you love a spin class, one spin class, and then like the other days, just take a really good walk, maybe a hike or something like that would be a great thing to do. Um, and this would be about ish five days before your period's around, obviously give or take some days. Um, so that is phase four, which is the part two of your Latula phase. And then you get to menstruation, um, which is phase five. And that is when our body is the coolest actually, which I found kind of surprising. I thought that would be when my body's temperature is the highest, but apparently it's when our body temperature is the lowest. Um, and with foods, like I mentioned during your follicular phase, how it was a good time to have cooling foods during your menstruation phase. It's a really good time to have warming foods and warming foods would be like stews, soups, chilies, um, baked things, roasts, um, something just really warm and cozy. And if you think about it, like, you know, how usually we want like comfort food during that time, it makes sense because we, we want warmth, right? So if you're someone that always is craving like really bad food, whatever that is for you, like, you know, bad, I use with quotations, uh, as I sit here, like McDonald's or some kind of junk food, I would say just introduce some really good, hearty, delicious, healthy, um, warming foods. And maybe you bake at home during that and you have some cookies. Who cares? Because guess what else? We also burn the most amount of calories during our menstruation phase. So we burn, it can really differ obviously on your metabolic rate and, and everything, but about 200 to 300 calories extra during the menstruation phase. Um, give or take. So you could, you know, you can be right at maintenance or even a little bit above maintenance, um, as your mess. So in that example, right, the 2000 calorie maintenance, technically your metabolic rate would go up during menstruation. So you could even do 2,200, something like that, 2,200 calories. And as you can see, your calories would change with each phase. Like I've mentioned with each phase of your cycle and how beautiful is that? Because that could still get you an overall average calories across that cycle of a deficit without, um, 
you feel like you have to push through or deprive your body of anything. Um, so I just think that's really freaking cool. So yeah, I definitely want warming foods during that. And I would just say, make warming foods, give yourself some nice, good nutrients. We do need a lot of nutrients during that time. If you think about it, I mean, it's menstruation. I don't want to get into the decor details, but we obviously know what happens during that. So you obviously really need to replenish your body with some great nutrients. So good, nutritious food is going to be really great. So, you know, if you want to make baked macaroni and cheese, throw some spinach in there and use some like healthy macaroni, whether it's like a wheat with more fiber, or if it's brown rice pasta or bonza pasta, like I mentioned, which has great protein in it. Um, you know, and making, putting some cheese in there and putting some like broccoli or like spinach in there just to give it some good extra nutrient, nutrition, nutrition, nutrients. (laughs) There we go. Um, and then if after that you're like, man, I still want my junk food, then, you know, okay. But you probably will eat way less of it. Right. Than if, if you didn't have that nice, nutritious, yummy, warming meal. Um, so that's your menstruation phase. As far as workouts go, um, man, can this really vary? And I think this comes to so much about our past and where we're coming from. So if we're someone that has a background of overtraining and undereating, which I've been there before in my life, um, and a lot of women have, because I just think of the societal pressure that we have that we put on ourselves, um, like thinking that our body is something that needs to be changed or made better or whatever all the time. Um, like how, how often do you hear someone say, a woman say, I'm just really happy with my body right now and I don't want to change anything. I hope you've heard that sometime or you've thought that, but in my personal experience, we don't usually hear that too often. Um, so that's, that's a whole nother thing we can get into another day, more about mindset, but, um, Yes. So that just got me so excited. I just lost my train of thought. Okay, great. So during our menstruation phase, as far as workouts are concerned, this can really, really, really vary based on like our history, like I mentioned. So if you're someone that, like I mentioned, it has a history of overeating, excuse me, overtraining and undereating, then you're probably going to have more extreme energy dips during this time. And if you're experiencing those energy dips, but you're not honoring them and you're just trying to push through it and drink you know, an energy drink and do a hit class anyways, then that's going to continuously add up, add up and just get worse and worse and worse as you go. So your workout could look like walking the whole time during menstruation phase. And I'm not just saying like, go for a little walk. You could go on an hour walk and get like some great steps in. definitely get a little bit of calories burned. But remember, you're already burning more calories anyways, right? So if you are going to do walking, instead of being at like 2,200 calories, you could be right at that maintenance and you would still be burning a little bit extra calorie during that time. So it's okay. Um, or it could look like you still go to the gym three times a week and lift and you lift like 50%. Or if you use a barbell for a deadlift or an RDL, you go to dumbbells, right? You just really work on your mind and muscle connection and just do like 40% of the weight and just really slow it down and just really focus on your, on your connecting to your glutes, for example, your hamstrings, right? Um, working on your squat form, some mobility work, a great time for like Pilates or bar. Um, for me personally, I know that if I take a week off of like, oh, well now I just won't really do anything that, w- that wouldn't work for me. It would, then I feel like my follicular phase day one, I would be like, okay, here we go again, right? I feel like I'd have to press restart every time, but it could work for someone else. It's really all about what works best for you and you know your life and your body the best. Um, So if you're someone that goes to the gym, you could still go to the gym every day, just do some core work, some low intensity workouts, lighter dumbbells, um, 
you know, like a really good walk on the treadmill or like the Stairmaster, um, you know, something like that. You could do, like I mentioned, a bar class if you're someone who loves classes, Pilates class, um, just really work on some core strength, something like that, mobility work, sauna, spa, uh, steam room, great thing to do during that time, right? Just something that's going to be beneficial to your body, but not put a lot of stress on your body, right? Um, I wouldn't really recommend, I mean, of course, like I mentioned, if you do we'll use a spin example. If you love spin, um, you can still do spin. Absolutely. But maybe just do it, do it one day that week, you know, cause obviously everyone's menstruation phase is longer. You can have it for mine's about four days, four or five days. So in those four or five days, I, um, I can go to the gym, lift really light. I actually did do a spin class during my menstruation, but I did, I do it towards the end of my menstruation because I know the first day of my menstruation phase is very low energy for me. So the first day of my menstruation, I always just stay home and rest and maybe go on a walk or something like that. That's just what works for me. And then I know that later on in my menstruation, I tend to have more energy so I can do a spin class, right? So just looking into really learning more about your body during these phases, which I'll talk about soon, but calorie wise, you definitely can get some more calories in there. And then as far as workouts, we can bring down the intensity of our workouts, right? So as you can see over the phases, your calories change. So let's just use the 2000 example, 1500 calorie cut in the follicular as an example. So you do 1500 calories for two weeks and you're about 2000 calories for the other two weeks, you know, that gives you about an average of 1750 calories over the month, right? So if your maintenance is 2000, you're still in an overall calorie deficit, for that whole cycle, right? And then you can take that month, that 250 calorie deficit and that, that workout program and you can repeat it month after month after month. We don't have to have a four week workout program. We can have a, a 28 day program that honors our cycle and repeat that 28 day cycle for like three, four, five, six months, right? Because you're not doing the same thing every single day. So it's not like you're going to be dying for a new workout, right? You're going to be changing the signal to your body throughout your cycle. So I just think that's so freaking cool. And then with that, if your average caloric uh, intake is still in a, in a deficit, even though you honored your body during your menstruation phase when it needed more calories and you you, you know, cut those calories in a time that was a good time to cut those calories um, during your follicular phase. So you're not pushing through and you're honoring your body and your energy and your metabolic needs. Um, but then you're overall still in a calorie deficit. How much more likely do you think you would be to stick to that month after month after month? And yeah, would it be slower than doing like a 30, 60 or 90 day crash diet for sure? But here's the question. What has happened every time after that 30, 60 or 90 day crash diet? Have you gained the weight back or have you gone off track? If the answer is no, then that's awesome. But if the answer is yes, then maybe this could be something for you to look into. And I would love for everyone to start doing this on their own and trying to incorporate this um, as best as they can by starting to track their cycle. So you can just, I'm not even going to mention a specific app, but you can literally just look on the app store, like flow tracking app or cycle tracking app. And there's like so many free apps you can use to track your cycle and just really start being um, in, in tuned with that and just starts to track your energy. So in a lot of those apps, you can track your symptoms. So you can be like high energy, low energy, um, acne, even you can even track like your acne and understand more about where you're, you know, you always break out right before your period or whatever. Um, 
You can track, you know, your energy, how social you felt, all those things. If you had any kind of mood swings, more anxiety during certain times of your cycle. Um, and then just start to understand that and start building that into your workout program and using that to, to plan in accordance with how your body's going to be feeling. So to me, that's what truly what honoring your body means. Um, I think right now there's been a lot of like social media and stuff, but like, oh, I honored my body and stayed home today from the gym. Well, what does that mean? Does it just mean you didn't want to go so you stayed home or were you truly like physically exhausted? But here's what I see happen sometimes. People go like, oh, I honored my body and I didn't go to the gym today, but then you went to brunch and you drank a bucket of bubbles. Okay, Prosecco, right? That's still going to be a stress in your body. So you had enough energy to, to go to brunch and, and put alcohol in your body, but not to like go for a walk or something, right? So I think to me, this can be a really great way to really truly understand your body in a cyclical way and start to honor that, right? Um, so that's really like where I see everything going is just, I would, I would just love a world of all women eating, training, living their life in accordance with a hormone cycle. How freaking cool would that be? Um, and I just think we would have so much more energy. We would overall just feel better. Um, and I just think it'd be so, 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 so awesome. So as far as identifying those phases, like I mentioned, I would say, I would talk about, um, I would just say to start tracking. It's like that with anything, nutrition. If you don't know where your nutrition is right now, just start tracking. You know, never ask someone what your macros should be. If they give them to you without knowing where you are right now, don't listen to them because like where you are now is so important, right? That would be like running a road race without knowing where the start, like, starting line is and being like, well, how fast should I run? It's like, well, I don't even know how long you know, the races, how long you've been running. Did you start here? Do you start back there? You know, like you need to know where the starting line is in order to identify the path to your result. Um, so start tracking your nutrition if you don't already, and you want to start to kind of bring your nutrition in line with your cycle. It doesn't mean you need to track forever. It's just to identify the starting point and start tracking your, um, your cycle. And just when you get to your period, log it and then kind of see where it says each phase is for you, but then also keep track of your energy. And once again, you don't have to do that forever. It could just be for a month or so, a few months, right? I would say a few months, right? Because you want repetition to, to really know you're getting the right data. Um, and to start logging and being aware and bringing awareness to it. And um, just really start just enlightening yourself. Is that a phrase we can use, enlightening yourself? I don't know. We're going to do that. Just start to really just bring awareness to this concept. And with that, I'll say that this really goes against, like, I personally think when I, I first started doing this for myself about six months ago, like, it really kind of goes against everything you've been taught right? Like you should do every Monday, every week and every day you should treat the same and, um, you know, always work out hard and, and all this stuff. And I found it kind of like, whoa, I feel like I need to really break through some, just, just some subconscious work that's really been built around, like just pushing through and go anyway. And you're lazy if you don't do this and things like that. Um, so, you know, I think that would, it's normal for that to come up. It did come up for me. Um, and I've had clients do this work and, you know, sometimes they kind of things like similar come up for them. So, um, you know, know it's going to be a challenge, but how amazing could it be that you could truly understand your body, understand your hormonal cycle and understand how to work out and eat in accordance to it, not just 
for 30 days, 60 days or 90 days, but literally forever. Right. I mean, I guess until you don't get your cycle anymore, then that's a whole nother conversation. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just think that'd be so, so cool. And then something else too, that I want to say that, um, there are a lot of studies around like, um, women bleeding with the moon. So you can, you know, a lot of pe- women either get their period during the new moon or the full moon. Obviously it's changed a lot now because we've all been on birth control and stuff, but way back in like way ancient days, there used to be like new one, new moon bleeders and like full moon bleeders. And like, it was very, a thing that women like bled with the moon, but I think it just society and uh all that maybe we're not always completely aligned with that with like just you know work control and everything um but i would love to bring someone in like from astrology and getting them to come in here to like talk about the moon and like women and our hormones and how they align with that too because um i think we should always be open to new information and some things fit for us and we can keep them with us and some things don't fit for us and don't stick and uh, we can release it and it's totally fine but i just think being open to new things um, it's just such a cool thing. So I would love to eventually get someone in to talk about that as well. Um, but yeah, my kind of homework to you, if you will, would be to try to start tracking your cycle if you don't already and start tracking your nutrition, right? Start logging your food. Um, my fitness pal is a great one. Um, Fitbit is pretty good. I find my fitness pal usually the easiest. You can scan a lot of products. If you like buy chicken, you can like scan the chicken, you can scan, like, I don't know, pretzels, if you got pretzels or something, and it'll bring up the nutritional information and just see where you are. And don't think, well, now I'm logging my calories. So I'm going to eat the 1200 calories that my fitness pal tells me I need to eat because I want to lose five pounds. Just start logging and just see where your calories are. Um, and always feel free to comment beneath like anything you learned, anything that you want to hear more of. And if you do want to talk more about your nutrition or talk more about your hormone cycle, always feel free to follow me and, and message me on Instagram at Sam Pinsons is my Instagram. Um, and gendersnapfitness.com is my website if you want to go on there and set up a time to talk. I'm always willing to talk to someone about these things um, and see what would be right for you, um, whether that's a coaching program or not, to be honest. Um, I've been doing this for a while now and I've learned that not everyone's the right fit and not every time is not the right time. So always feel free to reach out if you have any questions about these things. There's going to be so much more to come, but I just really wanted to start with the overall like high level. Um, and we're going to be releasing an episode every Monday going forward. So definitely go ahead and do all the things, whatever way you're listening to this, whether it's Apple, iTunes, Apple podcasts or, um, Spotify, or wherever you're listening to this, just go ahead and you know, just give your subscribe to this bad boy and just listen each Monday. I would appreciate it so much. And if there's anyone that you think would benefit to hear what we talk about today, what we're going to talk about in the future, I would be so honored if you shared it with someone else. So thank you so much for listening. So excited for all of us to flow with our fitness for now and forever. Oh, how beautiful will it be? So have a great day, everyone. Have a great week. Connect to those hormones, connect to your body and know that your body is beautiful and strong and here to serve you. And if you take care of your body, it will take care of you. Okay. Talk soon.